Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hello, I am Justin Barney from 88.9. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. And we are Cinebuds, and today we are talking about the movie Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul is a documentary directed by Quest Love. It is on Hulu right now, and it is about the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, where three hundred thousand people attended in harlem in 1969 they referred to it it was the same summer as woodstock and they referred to it one time as black woodstock and it had acts such as stevie wonder as mahalia jackson the staple sisters and it was this huge culture event that happened in harlem in 1969 but was completely and almost utterly forgotten about because they filmed this entire thing and then all this film sat in a basement for 50 years until Quest Love dusted it off and made this fantastic documentary about it. Christopher, what did you think about Summer of Soul? It is one of the best concert festival documentaries of all time. Like I genuinely would hold this up with like Woodstock Monterey Pop Festival and like Gimme Shelter. Like, this Mm -hmm. is incredibly, not only, I mean, just the footage they have alone, kudos to the people who got these shots and this footage. In the film, they talk about how, you know, there was just so much distraction. There were so many other things. And they couldn't get people interested in a black music festival at that time to be produced, which is frustrating. Questlove does such an amazing job editing this thing. There's moments in it that are so powerful because of how he puts it all together and builds it up and i I thought it was amazing yeah that was one of the first thing that popped off to me Questlove is a dj the yeah oh yeah the thing that you the thing that you have to do as a dj in the way that he's a dj is you have to see the best part of a song you have to go to that part you have to cut it you have to get the next part of the song the best part the part that goes well with it you have to hook that next to it right and you're kind of like editing in real time, digging in real time, curating in real time, making it something that functions and flows. It's got highs and lows. It's got a direction. It's got distinct different parts. I was like, man, this is, Yeah, it makes sense that Questlove's first documentary would be edited so well. Yeah, because- that's a good point. I actually wonder if, I'm sure it was a, it's quite an undertaking, but I wonder if it was almost easier for him because he doesn't have to do it in the moment. Like he's got time to like, he's used to doing this and he can kind of take his time a little bit and like put it together. Mm. I don't know, but either way, yeah, he definitely has that skill and it really helps with the film. I mean, I think the film on its own, if you just showed me that footage would be amazing, but he act, he really elevated it. We had a conversation about something else recently. And, uh, um, uh, or I mean, I know we were talking about Lover's Rock, but we were having a conversation about something else that was about black trauma. 
Yeah. And, uh, um, and I, you know, I talked to Tariq at, at work about, uh, he was like, why can't we have a movie that it's about, you know, black joy and more about black right. joy. And yeah, this is like, up a bunch. Some, and summer of soul is really an expression of black joy and black joy in the, you know, at the end of the sixties. Yeah. And in the podcast, we'll I'll wait to the podcast, but there's some, definitely some moments in this that I want to highlight that are just super impressive but uh some of my favorite bits of the concerts too i want to talk about yeah and we are going to do that in the podcast uh stick around support for cinebuds comes from your membership and associated bank proud supporter of milwaukee film and offering support year-round through milwaukee film checking more about associated bank's commitment to the milwaukee community at associatedbank.com Member FDIC. The car you're not using anymore, it's seen a lot of sunsets. Give it a new life and help us bring you great radio by donating it to Support Radio Milwaukee. We'll arrange the pickup and sale, and we'll use the proceeds to bring you more music and stories. We accept all types of vehicles, cars, trucks, boats, and more. Scheduling your pickup is easy, and it can be more hundreds of dollars of support. Learn more at RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars. Okay, we are back talking about Summer of Soul. Welcome. What what did you want to talk about? I do want to just go back to that bit about how it's it's mostly, like you said, about this joy, this concert. A lot of people, the performers and the, the attendees talked about just seeing so many black people together for one you know, for one event was that, that alone made this yeah. event. It was 300,000 people, not much different. I think Woodstock was 400,000. Um, so it's a very similar, it's on par with what we think of as the biggest music festival ever. Um, yeah. So you've got all these people. And so you've got these amazing acts, which we'll get to in a second. But the, another thing that Questlove does great is he does intersperse editing a very powerful scene, I think about two thirds in where you see what's going on in the country quickly edited back and forth between the, the concert and the things that are happening in the country. It almost felt like something Spike Lee would do. Yeah. It's definitely, it's like chalk full of historical context um, throughout the entire thing. Yeah. The performers themselves on stage address what's going on. Jesse Jackson is at the event, you know, he speaks at the event and he like leads this, uh, this, uh, a whole, uh, musical section as well, but, uh, it's, it's impressive. It's impressively done. It definitely. And it, it, like, it has a motion to it, bringing in the historical context. And then there's like a, a motion to the genres. It goes from, yeah. and I, and I, and I really, I really like how it, it focused on these things moving at first it's it's blues and it's like it starts with bb king just yeah. ripping it up you know and then goes into gospel mahalia jackson staple singers into motown and they give you a little context about motown and choreography yeah. and the look the style the effect and then it and it like and it follows the entire arc of black music yeah. because then it goes, then it goes into funk sliding yeah. the family stone. That you was know? a really interesting part where you see, they talk about how when you, you think about a soul group, you think about 
like four or five guys all matching suits with choreography. And then you've got Sly and the Family Stone come out who has like uh, like a diverse group of people all in these wonderful bright outfits playing a, a kind of a different kind of music. That perfect was transition, really perfect good, yeah. group to, to exemplify that right. and also exemplified like who they are. And then after that, it was like gets into more of the abstract, you know, and and then the Afrocentric and Afro-Cuban to also to to like to reflect the neighborhood and, you know, kind of ending with Nina Simone, who kind of like encapsulates, you know, the spirit of of everything, which is like why she is enduring. I, I felt like that was that was like really an effective way to kind of show the entire history of. Uh, of black American music there for sure there was some I mean I knew I knew a couple of people who were going to be on there just from previews and stuff but when when Nina Simone came out I was I was kind of taken aback I felt like I was there I was like oh Nina Simone is here yeah so that was very effective listening to her talk listening to her recite a poem by somebody who's and then also obviously listening to her sing but I will say the very first moment of music in the documentary had me freaking out which is uh stevie wonder yeah beautiful stevie wonder who i'm a huge fan uh came out and he's singing and he's getting the crowd into it it sounds like he's just uh like improvising a little bit almost yeah and then and this is just ignorance on my part perhaps he plays the drums gets behind the kit I did not know that he could outrageous, unbelievable. So. First of all, I was just shocked that Stevie Wonder played the drums. I didn't know that. Yeah. I only know him as a, you know, a piano player, as a keyboard player. <laughs> yeah. He gets by the drums and I'm like, first of all, that's happening. Okay. Yeah. And then it's unbelievably good and impressive. And at one point he stands up and plays for a couple seconds. I was losing my mind. Dude, and not only is he hammering out this like incredible solo, I was like, you know, there's like he he starts and he's kind of like in the pocket of this song, and then he just like kind of starts going on this yeah. solo of his own, and you kind of see the bass player in the background just kind of like fade out, and I was like, and yeah. the bass player's got like no idea what to do. I was like, what do you do as a band right here? You just kind of like let him do his thing, and I was like, oh, he's kind of like toying around, and I was like, you know, how are they going to save this? You know, like he's just like kind of off in his own territory, and then. Boom! They yeah. all jumped in at, at like they like that must be that must have been like a rehearsed yeah. uh, like solo because they all jumped in exactly on time and got into this song and I was like whoa yeah. <laughs> like what that whole thing like that they were they were ready for that that was that was very impressive you know yeah. the one thing that I I did want more from this movie yeah was I did want more about the music. I did want to, I did feel like it was a little lacking on giving context to the musicians and there was like ones that I wanted to know about. Then they did talk, they did talk about them. I think, I think that I just wanted more. I, I wanted, I wanted more of that. When they got my favorite part was when they went into the fifth dimension. And they talk about the band, the Fifth Dimension, oh, a yeah. band that I, a band that like many of these bands, you know, you know, but you don't really know. Yeah. And uh, it was like when they were talking, it's like, 
fifth dimension is you know the age of aquarius and where's the sunshine like you know that song you know those yeah that songs. was funny because i know those but i did i know i've never heard of fifth dimension me either i've heard the name uh who's the singer uh the female singer who was highlighted i wish i knew her name oh i remember her because she was as like and like 10 or 20 years later, she was sort of more of a TV personality. So I knew her from that, but I did not know that background, which was really interesting. Yeah. And I wanted a little more, I wanted a little more about the music. Um, but I like it. Like what you said earlier, I do like, I was happy with it because you did get like a, uh, some of the bands you, you hear the people talk about them a little bit and then you hear mm -hmm. them play. And like you said, they had that incredible, uh, lineup that journey of the different genres and yeah. kind of up to more current, which I think I'm guessing on from Questlove's perspective, which how dare I? But mm. <laughs> and then maybe it was like that that'll speak for itself. You'll see that lineup, you'll see the history, you'll hear a little bit about it. But you know, it's a two hour doc. How, how much further are you going to go? But it's I know. good, it's I, a I, testament to it that you want to know, you want to hear more. That's good, true. And I, and it's like, I, I like. I think, and, and and it's just personal. Like I, I think I would have liked to see it breathe a little more. You know, yeah. you you ever seen Jazz on a Hot Summer Day? No. So Jazz on a Hot Summer's Day is a concert film in set at the 1958 Newport Jazz Festival. Oh, and yeah. and the thing that I and that's probably my favorite music concert doc. And the thing that I love about that is that, um, like. Like Summer of Soul, it had a lot of great crowd shots. But yeah. in that one, they just let it breathe a lot more. And it's just a lot more like idle shots of the crowd. And I thought that that so spoke for itself. And the artists on stage as well, just seeing the set and kind of like made you really feel like you were there and experience what it was like there a little more. And, 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 and if you did... If you if you like Summer Soul, um, and if you watch it, I would encourage you to watch Jazz on a Hot Summer Day because, like Summer of Soul, where there's so many great shots of like style of 1969, oh, of this yeah. audience of 1969, what people were wearing, how they had their hair, what the what the clothes were like. Jazz on a Hot Summer Day is a similar thing where it's like Jazz on a Hot Summer Day, and there is like 1958, so there's like men in wool pants yeah right you know and everyone's in like a skinny tie and a and a hat and the performers yeah. are equally as ornately dressed and it's just kind of like a feast for the eyes that's you know? really cool I, I i do i'm glad you brought that up because summer soul is a time capsule of fashion and style totally. and, this, and i couldn't get enough of the clothes me too and, and the dancing me too which is, which is why i wanted more you know yeah. oh i mean i loved i love looking at their faces and i love looking at the clothes the uh the mc for the the whole I'm thing i'm glad you brought that up oh yeah he, so and he had when they, they did flashed, a, yeah, yeah they did like a whole uh super cut of his outfits yes and his so many different outfits so many different like changes and it really was like, man, he really carried the whole thing. And he was like a great MC. And you saw like the power of what like a great MC can do. And it's like kind of like a brushed over job 
and uh, and part of it, but he like really carried it with his charisma and oh yeah. Uh, at the very f- at the very beginning, he had a very kind of you know like bright but kind of it almost seemed like kind of square outfit on, and he was kind of corny uh, when he got on the mic for like the first five seconds. Mm-hmm. Then you see him interacting with the audience and interacting with the mayor and interacting with the acts. And I was like, nope, he's the perfect guy for like he's he knows what he's doing. And but that super cut of his outfits, I, I had my hands over my mouth. I was in I was like, oh no, those huge, huge sleeves, those like oh the huge oh, billowing sleeves oh, in like a was... bright pink. Oh my Could god. Not get enough Do of that. Do die for. Yeah. Yes. And Nina and then also going to Nina Simone, her her right. hair, her hair yeah. and her head wrap and just just the outfits were just astounding. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. I do want to point out one more moment that that just shook me, which was uh Mahalia Jackson. Oh my god. Yes. I'm very glad that you brought that up because that was I want those are like the I want to bring in the fifth dimension part, which is yeah. my favorite part. And then Mahalia Jackson is singing MLK's favorite song and she you know bends over to Mavis Staples and says Mahalia ain't feeling so well today can you help me sing this song and then after saying that she wasn't feeling so good proceeds to do a vocal performance like I have never seen in my life how do you how do you perform when you you are feeling good oh I know right I guess that's Mahalia you know yeah oh my god and whoever the cameraman was on this shoot yes god bless because you had you must have been an inch away yes his the close you can see into the roof of her mouth yeah i was gonna say i could see like her crowns yeah in there and i thought my first thought was this woman does not sing with her just her voice she sings with her face her face was just contorted and tense and pushing these notes out i was i felt stressed like in a pleasant way the yeah. the close up on her face was probably one of the best things I've seen in a concert film like this. Like you see the music leave her face. And it was so good. So impressive. Yeah, that was that was just like oh that was sports. That was sports. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was exhausted. I mean, we talk about the heat, you know, they talk about the heat of the days and summer. And I felt the whole time I'm watching it, uh, we're both just like Oh, I feel hot for them. Like, yeah, I feel warm, and I and the the effort, the exertion of what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. The exertion is overwhelming. So it, it's man, it's it's so it's so such a must see this documentary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So go see it, Summer of Soul. It is free on Hulu right now. Absolutely. And I believe it is also in some theaters. So not not one uh, that one you don't need to be such a nice one to see in the theater. Well, Christopher, time yes. for our favorite segment. What Here else have you been go. watching? Um, I would love to talk about a film that I was having a hard, from my childhood, from my teenage years. And it's really hard for the longest time to find it online. And it is okay. a vampire movie. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, from Catherine Bigelow. It was like one of her first movies, I think. And it's called Near Dark. 
This is nothing to me. Oh, these are empty words. Nothing. Well, how about these words? Lance Henriksen and Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah. And Adrian Adrian Pazdar, who is uh, he had a brief moment. I mean, he still does stuff, but he had a brief moment where he was a big hot hot dish. But uh, it's this it's this very specific 80s uh vampire film that i loved as a kid and i rewatched it and i know i talk about how rewatching stuff from your childhood is very dangerous but i i still think it holds up is it really good but i was with somebody who had not heard of it before and she was not into it really she wasn't into it so much but i still love it bill paxton is real over the top it was that era where he was just everything he did was like oh super super big yeah uh but it's this strange group of vampires and uh the young woman jenny wright plays may and she bites adrian pazdar who's like a you know a cowboy and now he has to adjust or his family's trying to find him and this murderous band of vampires is, goes on a tear it's nice the, the thing i like about vampire movies like this it doesn't take in every trope of vampires does they have stakes you know sure. it doesn't have that sure. it's like stakes i'm gonna turn into bats this is a little bit more of a grittier version of a vampire what vampires may actually be like you just love vampires yeah watch the new cruella oh I, you know i didn't have high hopes and i didn't think it would be great cruella is you know i watch a lot of disney movies yeah. i have watched them all many times yeah. and cruella possibly my favorite villain yeah just like she I, is she is terrible like as cruella, she's, terrible she's terrible yeah, and yeah. I, I, it's like uh, my favorite cruella lines i live for fur i worship <laughs> her and yeah. it's like she she wants to get 100 puppies so that she can kill them and skin them to make a coat it's hard because to get, she yeah. hard to cares get worse than that. So much about fashion, and she loves fur so much. I just think it's so deliciously evil. <laughs> and uh, Cruella, the movie, one, it was so long. It's like an oh, really? hour. It's like two hours and twenty minutes. What? It would not end. It that's would absurd. Not end, and it was like going. It, it, it starts at like a million miles an hour. Like they are, doesn't have enough time to cram everything in. And so I was like, all right, well that happened super fast. And I wasn't ready for that. And it was like, they had two and a half hours and they were like speeding along through so much. And then it just like kept on going. And this also is not a movie that needs to be that long. It is 100% not a movie. And it was also like, you know, it's a villain and she was like, kind of uh there's an antagonist who was a villain yeah and she is with her partners who are villains and then somehow they made the dalmatians villains oh no the dalmatians are evil in this movie oh and so is cruella and so is the person that she's like fighting against and it's like what am, I, what am I rooting? What am, yeah? What, what's going on here? Here's a mistake, Hollywood. Never make dogs a villain. Oh, no one believes that they were villains. That's and then it's like 
And then also there's like a part where she makes, she wears a, a cape made out of Dalmatian. And it's like, she didn't kill the Dalmatians. They, they, she was like, you know, didn't have enough heart to kill them. And I was like, isn't that your whole thing? You know, yeah. like if you're going to make, if you're going to have a villain, have them do the evil thing. They couldn't even have her do the evil thing. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It was, it was just, it was just, Bad. I'm, I'm sorry you went be, through but, that. Uh, <laughs> we live and we learn, and we, we have to we move learn. forward. Don't watch any of the Disney live-action movies. I mean, How many times am I going to get burned every yeah, time? I know. You think we learn, but we're humans. We don't. It's not what we do. All right. This has been Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Our theme song is from walking musician Brett Newski. We get support from Pizza Man and Associated Bank. And thank you, Christopher Powell.